Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redoctopus Cephala Podcast. The only show that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and Inebriart Podcast Networks. And as always, we are brought to you tonight by Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for. I am your host. My name is Parasite Steve. And with me, as most times, is my 8-bit buddy, the alchemical wonder, the man who some call Tim, 8-bit alchemy. Hi everybody! What a what an intro! You'd think I was in the brig tonight, but it's not me. I it's I just I just got a fancy up. I just got a fancy Charles Dancy kind of intro for no reason. Fancy so thanks, Charles man. Dancy, I like that. Thanks, man. That's uh Charles. That's like Charles Dancy Reagan. I think mm. that's a, that's a fun. That's a fun before it's and after fun, on, right. on Wheel of Fortune. I don't know why they've yes. never done that one. Uh, uh, maybe they have. I don't. I don't really watch Wheel. They probably have it. But anyway, this is an episode of, as you said, The Brig. So this week, down in the bleak, bitter blackness, we have a consummate fan of all things horror and the Halloween season. Not only is this guy a musician, he's an actor and a special effects makeup artist. And when he's not scaring the living crap out of paying customers at Feartown, New England's ultimate haunted house attraction, BT Dubs, you can find him screaming on stage with his metal band on your deathbed. Please put your metacarpals together for Mr. Bob Mendel. Bob, welcome to the brig. Hello, guys. <laughs> You're so extreme. Hello. You're so extreme. That's the thing I love about you, man. It's like every time I see you, I just know there's going to be like just a font of endless energy. <laughs> I don't drink caffeine at all, but people would think I'm like on like energy drinks all day long. So <laughs> really <laughs> you are, you do te- tend to, uh, to have a lot of energy every time I, I see you, which is usually around all the fun stuff. Yeah, It's always yeah. <laughs> you plus some horror thing is when I yeah. run into you yeah. usually at cons or, or at fear town. Uh, but you are, you are a busy dude and you are truly a guy who does so many cool things. And uh, so thanks for coming on. Uh, I did I did want to give you a little bit of warning. Uh, so down in the brig downstairs, you know, I I hope the decor is up to Fear Town standards. I'm not sure it is, but you should know that, you know, those uh, rubber masks you're stepping on, they're like littering the ground down there. Yep. You see those? Uh, yeah. So I just want to let you know that actually one in there is made of actual human skin. Oh, oh, well, yeah, that's, that's strange because I actually know someone that was just recently incarcerated for selling human skin. So, <laughs> well, maybe uh, I'm not Damn. sure why it didn't purchase the skin okay. from your friend. It's possible. <laughs> I, I'm just saying it's it's a little game I devised for tonight. I my hope is that by the end of the episode, you'll be able to suss out which one is the real deal. Okay. Okay. So is so just as I we know? talk, is it someone I know or I don't know who you know? I mean, it's possible. It's entirely possible. <laughs> it's, that's true. It's someone we mutually know. No, not that I know of. Not okay. Okay. Good. 
But I mean, it could be the Freddy Krueger for all you know. I don't know. Oh. Do we both know Freddy? We kind of know. We do. Him. We do. Um, so him. as we talk tonight, just, you know, give him a little squeeze and, you know, just see, you know, use use everything at your disposal and see what okay. you can come up with. So, uh, dude, thanks for coming on the show. Seriously, awesome to have you here. Thanks um, for having me. You're an awesome dude, and I'm really happy that uh, we got to time this correctly. I asked you if you wanted to be on the show uh, about six months ago, and you said, yeah, definitely, but can we do it around the spooky season? So yeah. for a very specific reason, and that's because you work at Fear Town, as I mentioned in the intro. Yeah. Uh, so if if you're cool, I, I'm happy to dive right into Fear Town, which is Absolutely. pretty yeah. pretty pretty yeah. cool place. Uh, three haunted houses, over 45 minutes of fear, located deep in the woods of Seekonk, Massachusetts. You're hired. You're hired. You're going to do the radio spots. <laughs> Deal. Nice. <laughs> so tell us, tell us all about this wacky fear town place and how you got started and working there. And in the, uh, I'm willing to bet this is not your first haunted house gig. No, but... no, no. I've actually, I've been in the haunted house industry for well i started doing haunted houses in uh 33 years ago 33 years ago wow damn this is my 33rd year so i started in 1990 and my first haunted house was actually working at my church my church had a four room haunted house that they it was actually one room that they sectioned off into four rooms and I helped build and, and helped act in it. And then from there, I went to, uh, in the town I grew up in, Fairhaven, Massachusetts, they had an improvements association. Um, and uh, this guy, Arthur, he was running a haunted house there. That was a professional haunted house. So I started working there. And me and my brother would go in and, and basically just make ourselves up all bloody and run into walls and act like crazy freaks for a while. and. And uh, we we're they they because we were higher high energy then they were like oh, we're gonna <laughs> stick you near the end so we would be the ones literally slamming ourselves into walls making people run out in 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 terror so you were never the guy with the uh, the chainsaw with no blade on it because you didn't need it no no you were the chainsaw with no blade oh, I, I chainsaw actually, with I, no blade's a real real scary one especially <laughs> when I was a kid it, it is it, it, it scares a lot of people but to me. Personally, I think it's a cheap scare because it's an yeah. easy scare, you know. Yeah. Right, right. You know, a lot of people. Yeah, the chainsaws the doing all the work. Oh, of course. And w- what people do is they'll go, "Are there chainsaws? Are there clowns? Those are the two things that people get really scared of." So to me, those are easy scares. So like, I try to not do those those type of things, you know. So you don't. You mean you don't go for the chainsaw wielding clown? Like, no. You stay far away from that. You're yes. like, no. Personally, we do have chainsaws. We do have clowns. This year, we don't have necessarily a chainsaw-wielding clown, but we do have both of those things separately. Do you have a clown-wielding chainsaw, though? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> also, no. <laughs> no. Give me two seconds to write that down. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so, yeah, after the Fave and uh, Improvements Asso- Association, I uh, ended up going to Spooky World. I was there for oh, nice. quite a few years. I, uh, I was there when they were at Foxborough Stadium. I was there when they went to Bayside Expo Center in Massachusetts, like South mm-hmm. Boston. And yep. then I also went back and worked with them when they were at um, Fenway Park for the one season that they did there, which was called Fear at Fenway. Hmm. So I did that. Wow. And then uh, 
Then from there, I went and I worked with uh, some old Spooky World alumni because Spooky World moved to New Hampshire and I wasn't going to commute to New Hampshire. So I ended up going to work for another one in Taunton, Massachusetts called Ghoulie Manor. I was there for five years. Uh, They actually started as a home haunt and then they went pro the year that I started working with them at the Taunton, Mm. Taunton Mall. In, uh, because you started working right 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 <laughs> that's what i'm hearing <laughs> yeah but actually they they um they did a documentary about about my friend victor who actually ran Bully manor uh, they did a documentary called the american scream it was on uh, uh channel was it um i think it was chiller network was, oh, the, okay, was yeah was the channel it was on and uh, they did a documentary of him and two other families in Fayette, Massachusetts, that did home haunts. So they literally showed them building it, and then they showed them uh, over a few nights as Halloween was was gearing up. And then on Halloween night, they showed them doing their stuff. And then Victor ended up going pro, and it was like the, the big finish for the for the documentary was showing him go pro. Oh, and wow. so that was the basically the the beginning stages of Ghoulie Manor. And then, uh, unfortunately, Ghoulie Manor uh, lost its its home because the Taunton Mall ended up basically closing. So they um, they didn't have a home anymore. And then Fear Town, which was established um, 11 years ago now, uh, they were in wow. their stages getting going. And uh, I knew Mike, the owner from Fear Town, from Ghoulie Manor because he came and helped out and did some uh, some builds with us. And he asked me if I wanted to come work with them because they had a couple of uh, Ghoulie Manor people go work for him. And then I ended up going there with my, my wife and my, my two kids to go work for Fear Town. So that was back in uh, 2018. So I've been there. This is my sixth season with them. So Nice. Yeah, And we actually, in 2020 acquired Factory of Terror because Factory of Terror, which has been around oh. for 27 years now this this season, they, uh, the owner want, was looking to get out of the business. And, and my, my friend Mike, who owns Fear Town, was in the right place at the right time and, and was able to acquire that. So we actually wow. have two attractions now that are under the, the Fear Town umbrella. So, <clears throat> Wow, cool. very cool. Yeah. Very cool. You know, I, I think it's interesting, uh, you know, you're talking about like the builds and stuff like that. Um, yep. I, I know nothing about this. I've never worked at a place like this or anything like that. For those listening who don't know, like, what's the season like for you guys, for behind the scenes? When do you start opening up and starting, you know, start doing stuff and doing the builds and figuring out, you know, I mean, there's, I imagine there's got to be a whole, you know, month of just planning, right? Before you can even oh. start building anything. Oh, you basically what happens is so so the season ends okay say uh november mid november is when our season usually ends okay okay literally almost the next month we're already planning for the next season mm. so we're yeah, starting so it's like the macy's day parade like, yeah. like Thanksgiving yeah. day parade. like you're like as soon as you know the first as soon as you're wrapped up yeah. you're on to it the next year geez well because fear town is actually a, a setup and take down uh attraction at this point that makes so, sense. It can't live in that uh, the Seekonk Speedway parking lot. No, you know, no. and and yeah, we, obviously, we actually, right, it's con- conservation land where we're at, and that's why we can't keep it up. Oh wow! So we can't have any structures stay there permanently. So we're we're uh, we're forced to 
in the middle of August start our actual build on site. But we actually start um, pretty much right in like January, start building at our other location at Factory Terror. We have a, a shop there. We also have another uh, another warehouse that we we build as well. And I'm not on the build crew. Uh, we have we have a couple other people: Brad, um, Dave, uh, James, and obviously Mike, the owner. They all do do the build stuff. So what they do is they literally just every day they have a couple of guys that are full timers and they they just work. That's what they do for their for their job through the year. So wow. So and then on August fifteenth, I think is the day that we can start going in. On August fifteenth, we start building. That's when we start actually bringing all the stuff to the site and start constructing all the things that they that they mm. can't build off-site. They mm -hmm. start building the structures and then all the all the set dressings and all that stuff that they were building off-site gets brought on and they incorporate it all in. So so if you have like a 20-foot Satan, like yep. you're going to want to build that beforehand. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. then you're going to take you're going to take, yeah, take old parts. old Lou yeah. in yep. parts yep. and uh assemble him. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, so anything you can do, any sculpture stuff and um, yep. stuff like that. I mean, I know sometimes, you know, the, the, the sculpture is crazy at these places. And, oh, man. Uh, yeah. When, when I got to go, it was like that massive Grim Reaper. That was like yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. This year, this year, they really, they really stepped up and they, they really kicked some ass because they, they, it was insane because sometimes, the opening weekend, like we're, we're still scrambling to get everything going. Cause we only have that six weeks to get it done, you know, but mm -hmm. this year, like they, they had a lot of help and, and they, they just got it done. Like, like legit, like I walked up and I was, we, we had our orientation the Sunday before opening mm -hmm. and the Wednesday before our opening, which was uh, the 22nd was our first, first night open on that Wednesday, we did our dress rehearsal from the Sunday to Wednesday, there was so much more done. It was insane. Like I, it was almost like, like uh, night and day, considering how what it was on the Sunday before. You know, so wow. they they, right. they they crush it. You know, so so you don't do any of the building, yeah. But you obviously do more. That you're not. Are you just an actor? Or nope. No, nope. I'm, I'm actually the actor manager. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. So, so basically, what happens is uh, during the off season while they're building. I'm actually doing interviews, scheduling uh, trainings. I do all the trainings for all the actors. Uh, we get both haunts together for one big training. So Factory of Terror and Fear Town, we get them all together for one training. And we do all kinds of exercises. Um, and we do like three hours of training of just, just different things, techniques, vocal training, uh, movement training, um, uh, improv, so people know how to mm. work work lines and work off of customers uh, in character, obviously mm -hmm. um, all kinds of stuff like that. So we do those type of trainings uh, as a, as a big group and then they'll do their separate trainings and, and I'll do my separate trainings for fear town and just do a couple other trainings with different exercises, different things to get people to hone their skills, um, just have extra tools in a tool belt for acting just so they feel more comfortable when they're in the spots, mm -hmm. you know? Interesting. So, I, I mean, I imagine there's some sort of a degree of like, of, well, okay, what happens when a customer acts in a certain type of way? Yeah. Like, maybe yeah. they haven't, like, is that part of it? Like, if you have a oh, yeah. reaction, this is how yep. 
you know to back off kind of yeah thing? absolutely we we always tell them to try to keep keep arms arms length away don't get too close we're not an attraction that that, that has contact like we don't touch mm -hmm. people uh, mm -hmm. we actually do have an event in november that's why i say we go into like the mid-november after this after halloween we usually have an event called extreme fears and that's an event where we actually can talk uh, touch people um you know separate them from their groups do all kinds of messed up stuff it's it's more subverting people's expectations than anything else people think it's like oh we're just trying to be like crazy you know sadists and masochists and stuff like that we're not like that we're just we're literally just we'll we'll kind of tell them it's we're doing one thing when we're actually doing something else or like it's sleight of hand type of stuff where we're, we're messing with people's minds more than anything else you know mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I remember when I was going through, you know, there was a lot of like misdirection of like, okay, you have something here that's maybe going to pull your attention one way, yeah. and then someone comes up behind you and scares you that way. And it's like, yeah. it's cool, because a lot of times when you when you have like a haunted attraction, a lot of times it's sort of just like a, yeah, it's, it's almost like a dark ride, right? Where you're yeah. like, I'm walking through it, and there's just there's things that I'm getting to sequentially, and you're yeah. just experiencing them one after another. Um, but yeah, Feartown definitely does a great job of kind of having multiple things going on. And also the fact that it's like, I think the fact that it's outdoors is a huge plus. Yeah, like that's like a big element. The ambiance is great. Like yeah. outdoor attractions, a lot of people really like because mm -hmm. you get that feeling of Halloween. You get the, you get the actual, like the, the temperature, which right now it doesn't feel like Halloween out, but like, yeah. You know, it's it, it's it's all it's it all will. it goes hand in hand you got the cooler yeah. weather you got the night you get the moon you know all that stuff um the fog the smell of the leaves in the air you know yeah, yeah. you get all that yeah so, yeah that's totally. great going inside outside inside outside as you go yeah that's really really cool and you know every every like when i went every little section was so themed that you know i think a, i think the criticism I usually have for spook trails and haunted houses is if the sections don't have enough identity Yeah, and you know, it just feels like, Oh, there's general horror stuff everywhere. It's right, just kind right, of a yeah. mess. Um, but I really got a sense with you guys that you're like, okay, no, this is, you know, and you're not the only ones obviously, but I love yeah. this when any place does this and it's like, okay, this is the sanitarium. There's going to be yep. crazy people and straight jackets and you know, there's going to be all hospital motif everywhere and then you're going to go outside and it's going to be like okay well this is outside and there's a graveyard and it feels like you're in a graveyard right. because you just went outside right right and right like you're saying yeah. like you know there's sort of no uh substitute for that actually being outside you can do different stuff and you sort of you know outside is helping you know it's yeah it's i mean part of it it's great we do we do have some elements that indoors helps and that's why we it's nice that we have the factory of terror that we can do that stuff with mm -hmm. we can yep. have more we can have more animatronics and things like that that the weather isn't going to affect we can have yeah, right um you know different things like that you know um you know like the we have one of those vortex that you walk through one of those circle tunnels that yep you know, oh, yeah yeah one of those so like those type of things we can't we could do outside but it's a little trickier you know what i mean We'd have to have a ramp for them to go up and then back down, and and in indoors you can you can kind of mask that a little bit better. Mm -hmm. um, outdoors, like you said, though you have you have you have the moon, you have the the you know 
the smell of the air. You have the breeze going by. You know, yeah. it, it, it picks up the fog machines really well and makes it look really cool as yeah. it's going by. You know, yeah. So you know, we try to keep it like you said themed, so it tells a cohesive story. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. one of my one of my, I don't want to say it's a pet peeve because some haunts do it really well still, but I'm not a fan of when there's no story to be told where oh like, yeah if i'm just going in and like you said it's just like all right there's a scary room there's a, something going on then there's another yeah. scary room it has nothing to do with other scary room and when right. we took over factory of terror it was very much like that okay we, we um since 2020 when we took it over we've actually changed it 90 percent is is completely different so mm-hmm. Basically, we're trying to tell a story now in, in a theme it's, that flows as opposed to just here's a clown room, here's a doll yep. room, here's here's the, a dark room, here's that. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. here's a cemetery, here's a, a, you know, all these things that don't fit together. We we took that all out and we made it one cohesive like factory theme. You know what I mean? Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I remember going to Factory of Terror. Um, when I was in high school with a buddy of mine, because there was there was two in the Fall River that were really big deals. There was Factory of Terror and uh, what's the other one, Bob? Asi- Asylum of Horror. Yes, Asylum of Horror. Yeah, we did both of those. And I remember thinking at the time that those were two of the scariest haunts that I'd been to because of how claustrophobic they are, how many actors there were. And like they did a lot with like, you know, not having enough light to see everything, everything. And uh and yeah, like I remember after doing both of them that year, my my buddy was like, "Do you want to go back next year?" And I was like, "I don't know, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I mean, it was fun, but I'm also yeah. like, I don't know. It was kind of like a lot, <laughs> a lot of like yeah. uh, stress. But I mean, they were very well done. And uh, actually, one of the other one of the other haunts that I did, um, actually, me and my wife's our first date was at a Valentine's Day uh, scare oh. event at uh, at Fright Kingdom. In oh, Nashua, amazing. Yeah, those and Fri- Fright Kingdom was crazy because they did kind of like what you're saying, where like it's it's story based, but you know you're going in this big building, and then they got all these five subdivided, heavily themed haunts, and you yep. go through them, you know, back to back. Yep. And uh, yeah, I mean, those had such like a great strong narrative that it made me, you know, really appreciate like yes, you know, you can tell stories in haunted attractions that are not just scaring the crap out of you with just random shit. Right. Um, and, and yeah, I think that, um, you know, fear town definitely felt that way when, when I mean, I, I, I really liked, you know, just kind of how cohesive it felt. There was a lot of attention to detail there. And yeah. that's, that's like what makes me remember stuff, you know, cause it feels more like, uh, you know, like something you can latch onto. It's not yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. scatterbrained where you're that's like, like, Oh, I don't know. There was like, I'm just going to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Right, remembering all like the different kind of themed moments that that like are stronger than other parts, where it's just like, oh yeah, like you said, the clown room or some some random uh, creature, or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah, that's cool. That's that's awesome that you get to be like the director of that of the actors and stuff, or, or manager of them, kind of. Like that's a cool yeah, role it's, to be. It, it's it's cool. It's a lot of work because uh, I'm, sure. I'm dealing with uh, at Factory of Terror. They they have about. 30 or so actors that they deal with. And, uh, and then they have about 15 in the, in the front of front of house doing event staff type stuff. And then at fear town, I actually deal with, um, we have 80 spots for actors. And then I have another probably 
15 or so extra in case for call outs or things like that. Yeah. So it's, it's yep, the bench. It's quite of a, oh yeah, the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Put me in coach. I'm ready to scare. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We got five people that called out. Come on in. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's, that's, that's definitely, that happens because people don't realize like haunt acting is not an easy thing to do. It's no. people think it's just like, oh yeah, I just pop out of spots. It's, it's a lot, you know, if you're doing it right, yeah. you're, you're trying to maintain like, like a, a seven on a 10, as far as energy and, and, and level. So you yep. can keep going the whole night long. Right. right? And it's throughout the whole night, you know, it's like, you oh, think yeah. about it and you're like, oh yeah, it's no big deal. It's like, well, that's because your personal walkthrough was 25, 30 right. minutes, but it's like right. that actor needs to be on their spot the whole damn night. Yep. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, my, my wife used to be a, a scare actor at um, Canopy Lakes uh shoot i can't remember what canopy lakes uh thing is yeah called. I, I don't remember it either i remember spooky world at one point was there oh it was uh they they call it scream fest yes yeah. scream fest with uh three e's yeah um but yeah so she used to do it there way before i met her and she was like yeah it's you know it's a ton of work it's exhausting she was like i was also probably in like the best shape ever because it's so it's so active you're constantly moving and getting up and like squatting down and hiding and you can't just be like oh i'm you know i'm tired or whatever yeah i mean on season i get in the best shape i'm ever in even even though like I'm eating like crap at like midnight because when I leave, Not I'm burgers. Like, I'm starving. Hit Taco Bell and I'm eating yeah, yeah. crap. And then two in the morning, I'm waking up going, why did I eat that? You know? Right, right. My stomach's gotta, fucking killing me. You, first yeah. you eat the crap, then you got to take a crap. And right, you're right. You're waking up and, you know, it's all. I might thing. as well just eat it on the toilet, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I might, I might as well just throw it in the toilet. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe quicker, you know? How much nutriment <laughs> are you really getting from that uh, cheesy gordita crunch anyway? Right. Right. Um, that's awesome stuff, man. Like, so, so you, you know, you're, you're the actor manager now. Do you, do you ever, um, get to help in planning out any of the attractions in any way? Or is it, is it just like, okay, what do we got this year? And then we're figuring out costumes based on that. And, um, for the most part, they, the last few years, they've been actually taking it where one guy will take an attraction and, and, Basically, from from the ground floor, we'll build it up and, and come up with the theme, come up with the rooms, come up with all the characters for the most part. And uh, so each guy will have people working with them. They'll all work together to do it, too. But uh, they'll all have their vision that they're working on for the three attractions for the 45 minute thing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I used to kind of be part of that. We had a, like a group of people that were that were kind of coming up with that. But it was getting to a point where. There was a lot of ideas kind of just getting thrown out and and it wasn't uh i don't feel it they thought it was as productive as they wanted it to be so they kind of just made it so these three people would just kind of focus on it you know what i mean it made it a little bit easier to to uh actually make it make it more flow per se you know so um so i will help with uh coming in and kind of coming up with costume ideas and stuff we usually sit down We'll talk about the different characters. We have a costume manager that also helps out, Quinn, and uh, that, it, that's their their gig is to basically come up with the costumes, and we'll come up with ideas like, "Hey, maybe this or maybe that," and mm-hmm. they'll be like, "Yeah, that's a great idea," or, or "No, that sucks." <laughs> you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but uh, is yeah, makeup uh, too the same thing. There's a makeup manager, so they'll come up with looks and ideas, and we'll all kind of brainstorm some ideas. So, yeah. 
Neat. How do the costumes work? Do, is, is everything just like off the shelf that they have to find the right thing somewhere? Or is it, do you have people that are actually creating these costumes? Uh, some of them we do buy off the shelf and then maybe alter them, change them mm -hmm. up a little bit. Um, we do have our, our costume manager actually does make costumes. They were, they were a cosplay. They do cosplay as well. So, oh, sweet. They, so they actually kind of know how to do that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and as far as makeup's concerned, our makeup manager, Erica, they worked with me at Ghoulie Manor as well. They were the, the makeup manager there. So this is their first season working with us. We actually had a different makeup manager last year. We kind of been going through makeup managers and we're, uh, we're now on, on with Erica and Erica's doing great. So awesome. And she comes up with all kinds of cool looks and, and whatnot. And, designate she's think i think she's got 10 uh makeup artists on it a night to uh to do makeup for wow average 80 wow. people or so we do have some characters like the midway characters the one you see walking around those yes. midway characters uh some of them will will make their own like costume. you're in through the gates but not not yep. actually on the spook trail yet yeah the ones that the ones that are kind of mingling with the crowds that mm -hmm. are waiting in lines and stuff like mm -hmm. that uh, they, I ran into you one day. You did. Online, you did. Uh, and you were very, very sad that I knew it was you. But it was only because of Facebook. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> I remember distinctly that was the best, that was the best freaking moment because like I was waiting in line and you came up right behind me and you're, yeah. you're like full, full mask on, like you can't yeah, see yeah. your face. And you just were like quietly just put your face really close to my face and yeah. were waiting for me to react. And I, I could tell it was you, but I didn't look. And then I just went. Hey, Bob. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Tell me I didn't break character like that. <laughs> <laughs> of course you didn't. Of course. A, a lot of what I say is bullshit. Um, but that really happened. That was pretty funny. Um, no, man, I, dude, I, I think it's, I think it's fascinating to hear about this kind of stuff. You know, I mean, we all know spook trails. We all know haunted houses and they've become such a big business. They're just everywhere. So many, I mean, so many in driving distance now. It used to be that, you know, spooky world was the only game in town for a little while. And before that, it was just like, you know, sometimes towns would have, at least around here, you know, towns would just have their own little spook trail or something like that. It was just not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh so it's it's interesting like to see like you know it's it's such a big business now people are putting up like factory of terror always puts up billboards yep, uh yep. in my town and um they always did and they'd be up forever too it'd be like it'd be like five months past october it's still a you know <laughs> the uh the year yeah, that uh 2020 uh, billboard. 2021 we actually put up billboards. We put up Fear Town billboards and Factory of Terror billboards, and they both said that they were scarier than the other one. Oh, that's hilarious! And people at the time didn't know that we owned both yet, yeah. so like people were like, "Oh man, did you see what they were saying on your their billboard?" And we're yeah. like, "Yeah, we said it on our billboard too." You know. And then, um that's yeah that's hilarious i bet that was the year i i saw that billboard forever it was great it's yeah. like uh at my gas station i'm always there i'm like yeah this is this is this is what i want i want to be surrounded by uh horrible monsters all the time because i love this crap too yeah um, that's super funny about putting the shade on the billboard like that it's like the yeah, Sega like versus nintendo thing you know where well, it's like yeah. oh man you guys suck right. like we're way it's better it's like play it's on the fact that before we owned Factory of Terror, we were obviously a rival because we were so close yeah. to each other. Like yeah. not in a in a like the actor 
like the actors, like all of our haunts, we have a we have a thing like all haunts in the, in New England and actually across the country, we have a thing that my friend Bill coined a term called "many haunts, one family," where all the haunt actors and haunt uh, workers we're all one one big family because we do the same thing. We're just trying yep. to entertain. We're just trying to, you know, be successful. We we always promote like Barrett's Haunted Mansion in in Abington. We promote, yeah, uh, you know. Fright Kingdom in New Hampshire. We promote Spooky World. We promote like all all the haunted overload in New yeah. Hampshire. Like we promote all the haunts, and yeah. and so we like to promote that out there. And so, but back before we owned Factory of Terror, the owner wasn't really that keen. He didn't know about all that. So he used to have a billboard that had something about no deer ticks because they were indoors and we were outdoors. So they're like, oh. no deer ticks. And it, it was like, what? That's what you're going to come at us with? That, you know? right, that's your shade, dude? No deer ticks? Like, the fuck? I mean, I think, like, you know, that, that's the greatest attitude to have now, you know, for everybody yeah. to kind of be in this together as one family, mm-hmm. like you're saying, because it's, uh, it's you know, rising tides raises all ships. Like, it really it's not does. as if one, if one haunted house is successful all the other ones are going to fail. You know, it's not like a coffee shop in town. It's like, no, people just like this shit, especially in New England. So, you know, Mm -hmm. if you got one, two, three, you know, you got 10 potential haunted houses, people are game. People will go to all of them. Like, they make a point to just change it up. Yeah, horror fans love this stuff. Like, like you guys know. Steve, you see it at the conventions. Like, they people open their wallets at horror conventions because they're collectors. They're people that that love this stuff. You know what I mean? They actually like, like uh, my wife, Lauren owns a jewelry business and she'll do like, like uh, comic conventions and like won't even make her table does a horror convention and freaking makes bank. You know what I mean? It's, yep. it's like people open their wallets. They're collectors. They, they love this stuff. It's not a passing thing. Like a, like a comic convention where it's like, Oh yeah, I know the Avengers. It's cool. You know, it's no like, Horror fans love horror, and and mm-hmm. haunted house fans, enthusiasts, they just they just want to go to all the haunted houses, you know. Yeah. Like we'll we'll yeah. go we'll go to different haunted houses all the time. Like we'll go to uh, Scary Acres in Rhode Island. We'll go to Barrett's Haunted Mansion. Like we we promote those haunts. We we go to those haunts. We love those haunts, and we love the people mm-hmm. that work there. It's it's, yeah. it's just one big happy family, you know. And it's and it it, it that's the it's, best. And it goes from the top down, you know, like. Our our owners Anthony and Mike they they both instill that in all of us so that's how we are you know what I mean you can't you can't like you said high tide rises all ships you know like if if people are stoked about a haunted house let them be stoked about that haunted house and maybe they'll be like hey I want to check yours out too you know yep. exactly especially where exactly. you do that cross pollination with the little you know info cards and whatever you know it's yep. like you're actively contributing to all of that to hope that you know hey someone else is gonna do you know, that kindness to you as well and have yep. fear town stuff and factory of terror stuff at their hunt. Yeah. Right. And that's, and that's what I've seen. You know, my experience is like, yeah, that's definitely how yeah. it is. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll even do like in, in jokes with each other, like with us and Barrett's from, from Abington, we'll, we'll put little things in our haunts, like kind of poking fun at them, joking, like in fun, like they know about it and then they'll do the same thing to us and we'll, we'll think it's hilarious. It's great. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. it's none of it's none of it's in 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 you know a negative way. It's all positive and in, in, in a in a little joking way, you know. Right, tongue in cheek, kind of just yeah, yeah. Each other. 
That's yeah, always, we all hang out. Like we all get together and do stuff. Like one of my best friends is, you know, from Spooky World days, and now he works at Barrett's. My friend Bill. So you know, I got to go to Barrett's once a long time ago. Have you ever been, Steve? No, I never went. Barrett's on a mansion. Beautiful, beautiful. Crazy. Yeah, I was, that's the longest line I've ever waited in in my life. Was yeah. when I went to Barrett's Haunted Mansion. That line was like three and a half hours long. I I, I don't even. I mean, I'm sure my mind is inflating it significantly, but man, yeah. that place has had draw at least. You know. Oh, it always does. They always. Yeah, they 15 always years great. ago when I was there. Yeah. I think they're doing time ticketing like we do now, so the lines aren't as long. That's you know? smart. So okay. we started that uh, quite a quite a ways back where we. You know, we have a block of time where where right. people can book book for that slot, and then they just come for that. You still wait in line, but you don't wait nearly as long as we. Oh used yeah, to. no, it's, it's yeah. nowhere near as bad. It's like you know, oh, your start time is ten fifteen. Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, you get there half an hour before or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, that's good stuff, man. So, uh, to you know, if if we could leave this this topic yeah. where it is, because I think we've covered it. Uh, could you leave us with maybe something that you're excited about? Some new thing? Is there any way you can give us a little preview of uh, maybe maybe one of the sections that you're kind of stoked about this year? Um, well, we, I, anything. One of the share? houses. One of the houses is a sequel to uh, our house last year. Ooh. And uh, it's if people went to the to the haunt last year, they'll be pretty pumped to see it come back because it was a fan favorite last year. Oh, nice! So uh, it's called Slasher Two because the first one was called Slasher, and it's it's based on a um, a, a masked killer, kind of like a, a Jason type character, and uh, that's what it was last year. And uh, he was he was a, a family member. Uh, that was obsessed with with Christmas and and kind of got a bum deal and then he went went killing people. So uh, and then this year nice. he's back and uh, some of the people that survived him are uh, are not doing well and other people are are uh, kind of excited <laughs> that he's coming back. So we'll just leave it at that. All right. Sick. <laughs> nice, got the nice. continuity going. Yeah. Awesome stuff. So guys out there, if you're in the area, definitely check out fear-town.com for more info, some really, really great photos, really cool website. And you can also buy your tickets. Um, so you guys run through mid-November, you said, right? Uh, well, we our, our last night is, I believe, the Sunday before Halloween. Okay. But Factory of Terror is open on Halloween night, and I believe a couple of nights after that, and then uh, we're supposed to be having our extreme fears um, on the the second week of November. I forget the dates. So, okay. yep, gotcha. Good stuff. Definitely check them out. Fear Town is amazing. Uh, I want to go back. You should go. We'll all go together. How about that? We'll just all <laughs> go together. I don't know if yeah. we'll all get in at ten fifteen, but it'll be uh, it'll be a good time. 1020 um, maybe 1020 <laughs> so as a as i did also mention in the intro bob you are you are a man who wears many hats or in this case baseball caps yeah <laughs> made uh, of many caps <laughs> many caps i'm sure that on one of these caps i'm willing to bet you have one that has these three words and those words are on your deathbed do you have a hat like that? I do actually have a couple of hats. Uh, yeah. see, see, there you go. See, I knew it. I knew it. I yeah, knew it. Yeah. Gotta have the sick merch covered. 
Yeah. <laughs> so if you don't mind, uh, I'd love to talk about one of your other big passions, which is music. You are the okay. front man of a uh, metal band. I, I mean, I, I would say extreme. I would say extreme melodic death metal. That's what I, I would I, say. Everybody is going to say different, though. So what would you say? How, how would you describe you? If yeah. I was a death metal purist, I'd be like, no way. They're not death metal. I would say we're a cross between um, metal core and, um, uh, I don't know, death core, I guess, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, I, I kind of hear like a little thrash, bit of thrash. Yeah, there's some thrash elements in there. There's, there's a little bit of old in flames in there. I get a little bit yeah. like um, there's like, you know, because you guys are really, really heavy and you guys have a lot of melody and your uh, vocal style is you're, you know, you're a screamer, but yeah. you also do other things. And yeah. even in your screaming, you manage to hit like more notes than I would say is average for. Yeah. That type of singing yeah uh, so I, I i mean i think you guys are awesome and you do it just a great job i you have uh currently one five song ep entitled the last road to hell which was released january of this year yeah i purchased street records and um it's it's awesome i love all really five good. songs it completely kicks ass you guys really worked in more melody than i was expecting going in there's a lot of solos lot of like you know like i there's there's like one part that i'm like this, this could be in an, this is like an iron maiden solo it's like a faster <laughs> iron maiden solo yeah and uh and i mean it, i just wasn't expecting that at all you know i love that kind of stuff well um, i'm glad i'm glad you didn't ex i'm glad you expected it to suck love to pleasantly surprise oh, yes man yes. so oh yeah, yeah we uh we we started the band in 2013. We had oh, wow. a different we had a different lineup. Uh, we actually did have a different EP out before. Um, we we kind of scrapped all that stuff though back in uh, 2019 because we lost our drummer. We lost our main one of our one of our main writing contributors. So we were like, you know what? We're gonna wipe the slate clean and we're gonna start anew because the guitar player that stayed with us james he uh he had a, a different style of writing which was more of a uh more of a metal sound than more of a our older sound was was a little bit more hardcore sounding mm -hmm. okay because we i we started the band with a couple of guys from another hardcore band that my old hardcore band drained used to play with so we all had hardcore background and but we wanted to do metal so it was like we were doing metal, but we still kind of held on to that hardcore roots, you know? Mm -hmm. And then with this new stuff, I, I feel like it's more straight metal, you know? it's Yeah, it's, I think so. I'm still a hardcore sure. guy at heart, so you, it's gonna some stuff's going to come through, like the gang vocal stuff here and there and things like that. But uh, for the most part, it's it's more of a straightforward metal record, you know? So, I, I would say so, definitely. Yeah, it definitely, definitely is. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I got to say, I love the love the cover art so much it's so freaking good it's so high quality uh and of course because you know this is all i associate you with is horror so yeah. 
you haven't let me down here we have a zombie crawling out of his grave yeah uh, i mean it's it's a really good cover um yeah, yeah no i mean I it looks like a movie a movie cover you know it's movie. really yeah. high quality a, a friend of ours matt missouri he, he actually came up with that design and and uh, we, the original one he, he came up with was was actually a daytime setting. It was almost the same idea, but it was like a, it almost looked like a desert daytime setting. So imagine okay. that picture with a with a sun instead of a moon. And uh, we were like, "Hey, do you think you could make it more of like a nighttime thing?" Because that's what we were kind of picturing. Right, what you're going for. And 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 he he, you know knocked it out of the park like he i mean really completely yeah. he ended up putting completely. putting the the uh the bird above the above the gravestone and and yeah. all that cool stuff like that was all stuff he added later you know and it just looked great and it went along with the song the, the title track the last road to hell it's actually a song about people being stuck in a in a in a graveyard when zombies just start coming out mm -hmm. you know what i mean they just start coming out and they're literally trying to tear the people's flesh off while they're trying to hide out you know so then, yeah it's a it's a fun song i mean it's 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 seemingly to me the only one that was straight horror it seemed like the it's not like you guys were like okay every song has to be no no zombies and, and monsters and vampires and such it's like no there's just it's seemed to me to be the only song that that was like that but there no all... there's actually there's actually two of them on there that are that are horror. okay they uh uh, never ending is actually a vampire song oh it is okay yeah. so i didn't pick up on that but that is that uh, that was my yeah, favorite. I, I like never ending a lot actually it's favorite of the five really I, loved, I loved never ending it's so freaking good um also really loved the ending to weapons for eternal war oh yeah kind of change it up and you start to do a chorus and then it's it's like oh no it's not a chorus it's just like uh it's just like an outro yeah and uh that was really different and uh it was yeah. tough for me to be like when they started like they're like hey, we're gonna fade this out i'm like no i like that just keep it yeah longer, you know yeah 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 <laughs> yeah and and you're you're showing off some clean vocals in like yeah. that part and uh yeah i mean your clean stuff's awesome too Thank I, you, I really like when you know extreme metal bands or heavy heavier bands uh, if you don't like the word extreme, just heavier side of things than I tend to be. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of like a, I'm more of like, you know, traditional, like Ronnie James Dio, Ozzy, yeah, yeah. Iron Maiden. And then like, you know, in the nineties, I got way into power metal, like German power metal, like really into like Halloween and, and yeah. uh, like Gamma Ray and Blind Guardian and uh, Iron Savior and just like yeah. a bunch of just weirdo German bands that I just was like obsessed with. And uh, so the, the heavier stuff, it's like, for me, it's like, you know, some of it I like, some of it I don't. Um, and uh, no, this was this was kick ass. So it's not that I expected you to suck, Bob. It's that I yeah. wasn't sure if I was going to love it because of my taste. Okay. Right, right, right. No, I get that. Um, I get that. But um, and, and honestly, I'm not really a big hardcore guy so like yeah. you know that hate that whole hate breed scene that that spawned everything i'm like yeah hate yep. breed was okay i don't know if i need 50 more bands that sound like this right. but you know there's 50 more bands that sounded like halloween that i listened to so it's, it's right. all whatever you like like doesn't matter yep. but um no nah, this this is this is awesome stuff man and i, I really like your logo too <laughs> like honestly as like my day job i'm a graph designer so like yeah. i don't know i always key in on you know the artwork and also the typography and like, yeah, yeah. i know it's not it's like the least metal thing to talk about but like dude i really I mean, you dig got, your typography someone's gotta put put thought into it you know 
<laughs> well, thank you. It, it was designed by a, by a tattoo artist uh, out of Kingston. I, I forget his name, but he actually worked at uh, Stinky Monkey in in, uh, in Kingston, Mass. Cool. Yeah, that's very cool. Stinky Monkey. Um, his name so, escapes me, but he's, he's supposedly a pretty pretty well known tattoo artist. So, oh, cool, nice, nice. Well, it, whoever he is, sir, yeah. you did a great job. That's what I'm. Good saying. job, sir. Good job, sir. <laughs> Um, we're gonna, just going to call him James. I think oh, his well, name is James. James, the tattoo James, guy. Sure. James, you did a hell of a Jim. Jim. Jimbo. Jimbo. Jimbo slice. Jimbo. So, so you, you said you wiped the slate clean. This is a fresh yep. start. What was the writing process like? You know, you didn't have your original uh, guitarist guy you were mentioning. Like this yep. is, a, for all intents and purposes, a different band. Uh, what was it like writing for this band? Did you? feel it was like scratching new things you never got to do before or how, how was it what was it like for um you? well in the in the last uh couple years with the with the other lineup um our guitar player that's with us now james he was uh he was starting to write a lot more already so mm -hmm. our stuff that was coming out after that ep had come was was finished the first ep he was writing a lot more more stuff and and it was getting to be towards the sound that we are now hmm. so it wasn't much of a, a major transition to like just have him continue writing the stuff because he is pretty much like a virtuoso the kid is just insanely good at writing hmm. things like he'll show up to practice yeah guys i just you know just messing around what do you guys think of this and it's like a fucking song it's better than half the shit i hear on the radio <laughs> and i'm like holy crap man like you're like it's okay well, no, I, I just, I, my, my, my jaw just dropped because I'm like, oh man, dude, you know right. what I mean? I'm like, let's write, let's write to that now. You know what I mean? Let's yeah. work on it. You know, yeah, let's yeah. make this, make this happen. So when, uh, when we, uh, got our new guitar player, Rob, um, he kind of filled out the sound with us and the two of them write really well together. Uh, they solo off each, off each other amazingly. Like we have a couple of new tracks that, that we, are in the process of trying to get finished um, recording. We're going to release a couple of like singles uh, soon. So oh, sick, nice. Yeah, we got it. We had a, one. One's almost done. I just got to put vocals to it, and they just got to do a couple tweaks and whatnot, and then mix. But uh, we'll be putting that out hopefully uh, by the beginning of the year. And, oh, great! Uh, so after we find a drummer, we'll be back back on track to start writing more stuff and and doing all that. But James still writes stuff while we're while we're in the meantime. So he's probably got a whole bunch of stuff that's you know waiting for us to be ready to go full 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 steam ahead again. You know, so nice, awesome. So he's pr primarily the the main songwriter. Yeah, he'll he'll bring the stuff. He'll bring the 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 uh, the song structures, and then I I'll work on. I do all the vocals and and okay. Yeah, I write all the lyrics and I do the vocal patterns and, and melodies and whatnot. Um, obviously, the, if they have an idea and, and you know, we we work off each other. You know, if they'll be like, "Hey, why don't you try this?" I'll be like, "All right, I'll try that." And if it works, the collaboration cool. is yeah, there. No, but like I, I you, you usually get the first you know crack at it. Whatever. Yeah, well, I mean, it, no, absolutely. Or if I'm having like a stump and I'm like, man, I don't know what the hell to put to this. What do you guys think? And then they'll be like, hey, "Why don't you try this?" Or "Why don't you try that?" Or Vice versa, like when they're writing a riff or or they're messing around with stuff, I'll be like, "Hey, why don't you try that?" Like, I like to be there for the for the 
collective writing processes because yeah, yeah. you know i mm-hmm. i would like to think i have a pretty decent ear for things and i kind of know what i think how things might progress in a in a way that i think it would sound good you know so i'll yeah. be like oh why don't you try this or try that you know and you know I, i'm you know I, I don't have a problem speaking up and being like yeah that's crap or that's really good you know so mm-hmm. yeah it's that collaboration that i think really keeps things fresh um and and it keeps everybody happy you know i mean you might have somebody in the band who's like just willing to just kind of only worry about themselves and yeah. is going to take everybody else's lead and that's fine and if that's fulfilling for them then awesome that person's yeah. content and happy and awesome but if everybody wants input as long i think i think the important thing is as long as it's for the the right reason which is like okay are we making the song better right like right. if you get yeah. that type of personality in the band where you're like you know the david lee roth or some there's some to somebody who's too much of a head case who wants their input because they want their input or they want it their way because they want it their way that's when you start to you know everything starts to erode and uh and you're not necessarily doing the right things for the song you're 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 trying to you know not piss off this one guy that you don't want to deal with and um right that's just that's just always bad bad news so if everybody's able to just kind of be balanced and be open and it's awesome. I mean, that's the best possible writing scenario, the collaboration scenario for anything really, but yeah, no, especially absolutely. In music. Cause if, if you're not listening to other people and if you're not like, uh, you know, uh, being open to other people's ears, you know, you're not yeah. gonna, you, you, you may not notice something that somebody else can notice, you know? Yeah, so it's, right. It's, You're closing the door on like musical opportunities. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I also am a am a believer that there is a point where like if a song is done, it's it's it we it should be done because sometimes yeah. people just overdo things. Like they'll just they'll listen to it to at nauseum where they're like nitpicking things. Where like you know, I, I think this needs to change. Or I think this needs to change. But sometimes. It, things in in their more raw form or, or how they should be you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i, I just right. I, I don't like to overproduce is basically what i'm getting at you know yeah overproduce is totally the term and i think that um yeah that's that's 100 percent applicable to so many things I oh mean, yeah um you know just look at movies how many movies you know scream of studio interference to the nth degree and it you know it ruins it and you can tell they're you know the tones all over the place the some of the scenes don't even make sense with other scenes some of it you can tell like the actor was going for something at one point but then they kind of drop it and just change it and it's because there's too many cooks saying do it my way do it my way yep. do it my way yeah, yeah. and uh you know it, it is it is the type of thing where it's like you know george lucas obviously screwed up star wars by going back and yep. fixing what didn't need to be fixed yeah and, tweaking and shit and it's totally the same way, you know, with writing too. I mean, you yeah. know, there are certain people who can't get out, out of their own way. A lot of a lot of young writers never finish that first thing because of that exact reason of what you said, Bob. You know, it's yeah. it's it's a matter of like, oh, oh, I, I I can still fix it, I can still make it better, I can still make right. it better, I can still and then they're like ten years into into the thing, and at that point, they're so close to it, they're so wrapped up in it that they're never gonna realize when it's done. They're yeah. never going to get to that point. They're ne- it's never going to be 
perfect, they're always going to find stuff. And that's, that's the old adage of, you know, art's never finished. It's just abandoned. So it's like, right. if you are smart enough to know that, yep. then all right, you basically, what you said is what I always say to people, uh, you know, finish it, be done with it. And, and then when you go back and listen to it or read it or something like that, um, after it's already been done, when you stick that fork in it, that, yeah. that is an important moment. If you go back and you're disappointed with it, the answer is not, let me fix it. The answer right, is make right. the next thing better. Yep. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Move on to the next thing. You know, yep. if you, if you, if you hearing things that you didn't like in the other thing, just don't do those things in the next yeah. project, you know? Right. So, yeah. and you never know, like sometimes, you know, especially with songs, I mean, there can yeah. be little things that maybe irked you at first or something. And then they become the thing that is special about that song. Oh, you're absolutely you know? right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. There's things, there's songs that like when I first started writing them weren't my favorite songs. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah I don't even like playing this song. And then hearing it on, on the, on the EP, I'm like, all right, no, it really, really hits good. And, and then yeah. surprisingly the songs that I'm like thinking people are going to be like, that's the one luckily with this, with this EP, uh, I don't know if people just bullshit me, but there a lot of people are just like, no, I like this song and this song. Like it's always a different yeah. song, and that means a lot because it doesn't mean you wrote one good song. Right. Right. You wrote I mean, good songs for different people. Right, right. It wasn't right, just yeah. filler. You know what I mean? It was it wasn't just like a hit and then filler. You know what I mean? So it means a lot when people are like, Oh, this song's my favorite, that song's my favorite, holding on is my favorite. And I'm like, well, holding on, I'm like that one's not even about spooky stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. That one's know? the least metal one, but it's yeah. also like sometimes that's what resonates with people. Yeah. You know? I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Most yeah, of the time I like to write about like personal experience and, and like, but in a vague way where other people can relate. You know what I mean? But I do also like to write about things too, like like spooky stuff and, and yeah. things like that, you know? So. Mm -hmm. so because you're coming up with the lyrics, are you coming up with the song titles as well or? Yes. Does, you know, yep. somebody say like, oh, I'd like this one to be called something. Yeah, no, there, there are some some of them that I'll, I'll call one thing and be like, oh, you want to call it that? And they're like, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. No, because they'll someone will say it. it it, there's innuendos where people will be like, oh, well, it sounds like that. And I don't want it to sound, you know what I mean? So uh, I, I did change one title to something else because they're like, don't call it that because people are going to be like saying this. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. To avoid like any kind of, you know, yeah. razzing or whatever that like comes on later. Yeah. They'll be like, oh, play, uh, play this. And I'm like, no, I don't know. <laughs> so it's called Seasons in the Void. Yeah. <laughs> Well, people are gonna think that you ripped that off. I'll tell you what it was: the the reaching out part in in holding on, the reaching yeah. out. That they're like yeah. I, originally the song was called "Reaching Out," and they're like, "It sounds like reach oh, around, reach around." Okay, and I'm, like, I'm like, "No, it's reaching out." You know, <laughs> so like, now, yeah, but everybody you know you're gonna reach around. <laughs> yeah, and then so now, even now though everybody knows how to this, say it, everyone's gonna now call it "reach around." <laughs> reach around. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I like well, I certainly will. avoid that. I certainly will. You are um, so gonna call it that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see you guys live, and I'll be like, I'll be screaming it. I'll be like, give me a reach around. Reach Come on, guys, <laughs> reach, reach around. around. The song's called up. "Holding On" now. Damn it! You never telling that story on a podcast ever again. <laughs> um, never talk to you again. <laughs> so I can't trust you. Awesome. 
Awesome stuff, though, man. I, I I dig it. I think it's awesome how many different creative endeavors you're involved in. And uh, every time I see you, you know, you guys posting on social media, you guys are always in some random, cool, different place. You guys are just always on the move. I don't, I don't know if you ever like have it's nights just, to just do nothing and breathe, but like it seems like you are just always on the go. It's because I, if I if I'm sitting still, I'm thinking, and I don't want to think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to think and get depressed about my my life being shit or something like that, you know. So I just I don't I like do my things, thoughts. I do things to try to like maintain my brain, you know. <laughs> I hear you. Um, well, uh, it's it lucky lucky for us because you're always somewhere, you're doing something cool, and yeah. uh, we get to reap the benefits. Very 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 cool stuff. So, where do you want people to listen to this album or to purchase this album? I know it is on Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, yep. What, what's it's the on best Bandcamp place uh, to purchase it? Stream it or or whatever. You on? Uh, it's on Apple Music. It's on. Uh, um, it's on Spotify. It's on YouTube. It's it's everywhere. Really, um, we put it up everywhere so people can listen to it. Uh, we do have physical nice. copies at, at shows. We have physical copies at Purchase Street Records in in New Bedford, Mass. Um, Roger, for shirts? Um, we we do have shirts, yeah, but we don't have an online store or anything. So right now, if people want to listen to it and don't want to, you know, search in their thing, just go to our our website on deathbed.com and you can because uh, I, I need a shirt with that cover on it. That's what I need. Well, we we haven't put the, we haven't made that shirt yet, so we are going to be making those shirts actually. Oh so. man, that's the shirt. Yeah. that's the shirt yeah, when, I need. When I get those shirts, I will let you know. <laughs> all right, sounds good. Yeah. Um, all right, Bob. Since this is retro Redoctopus, and we do love to talk about shit that we liked as kids growing up, and all the all the stuff that we we like to say all the stuff that made growing up awesome. Um, like I'm willing shit. to bet that. I'm willing to bet that a lot of the stuff that made growing up awesome for you was probably in the horror genre. Um, possibly. I mean, that's just a wild guess I'm making. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, horror movies must have been a big part of your childhood or your part of your life growing up. I assume they certainly were a big part of mine. And, uh, and so, so my question to you is like, what were the movies? If, if people, you know, this is the most obvious question, but what are the movies you think of that built you as a horror fan? You know, um, the first movies I remember seeing when I was a kid and, and they were parts of movies because when I was young, young, my parents wouldn't let me watch the horror movies at first, you know, same, so same. Yeah. So I, I was, I was yeah. one of the kids that like all the other kids at school would be like, Oh, did you see this one? Did you see that one? I'd be like, Oh, what's that? What's that? You know? So of course I was always very curious of what was going on. So like when my parents would put me to bed, uh, sometimes I'd sneak out of my room and I'd see what they were watching on the TV. Like I could stand in my, my dining room and like watch the TV and they wouldn't even know I was there. And uh, the first movie I remember doing that with was Friday the 13th, the original. And okay. literally, literally the scene of Jason coming out of the water was well the young jason coming out of the water yep. was was the scene that i remember standing out in my head and going what the hell am i watching like why did i just watch that you know what i mean <laughs> so i i remember that really kind of sticking in my brain and then not long after that 
I remember my mom would take me trick-or-treating all the time. And I was obviously a huge Halloween fan. Um, and we were at my mom's cousin's house and they were bullshitting in the kitchen and talking and stuff. And they didn't realize that they left horror movie on in the living room. And it was uh, Halloween two. And I literally just sat there watching Halloween two. And then when the credits rolled and Mr. Sandman played and I was like, what, what, why is this song? Playing? Why is this song playing? This is a happy song. That wasn't a happy movie. You know, like I remember <laughs> freaking out like, and so, like, from that point on, I was like, man, I got to watch more of this shit, you know? So <laughs> we're hooked. I, I started, like, my grandmother used to tape. Uh, my grandmother was crazy. Like, she was awesome. But she was crazy because, like, she would constantly just be watching TV all the time. So she had a VCR, and she would record movies constantly. She would just be on Movie Channel, HBO, Sh Showtime, Cinemax, or one any of those channels. And she would record on a, on a, uh, a six-hour mode three horror movies on video cassettes all the time. And, like, she would, like, give them to me. She'd be like, oh, I taped this one for you, you know? So, like, some of the ones that she would tape was, like, Maximum Overdrive and, like, mm -hmm. um, Evil Dead 2 and, and mm -hmm. uh, um, Slumber Party Massacre. So, like, movies like that, like, I would watch on repeat, like, constantly, you know? One of my like growing up, my favorite franchise though was was uh, it was a tie between Friday Thirteenth and Nightmare on Elm Street. Like both of those were my my favorites, you know. Mm -hmm. So obviously, when when later in life, when the Freddy versus Jason movie came out, it was like it was like <laughs> right like kidgasm. You know what I mean? I was like, oh my god, you know, because <laughs> it is everything I've always needed. Yeah, it was. It had been talked about for so many years. I used to read Fangoria mm -hmm. magazine, like. Growing up, my my grandfather owned a owned a pharmacy, a drugstore, and like I used to work for him on on Sunday mornings, like before I could get a real job. He like, hey, go clean the parking lot. I'll give you two bucks an hour. So two bucks an hour went went in my hand, and then right back into his hand because I would buy like Fangoria magazine and all kinds of stuff like that from his newsstand, you know. And and I would just read about like horror all the time. Like I just, yeah. it consumed me. You know what I mean? I would yeah. go to the store at Halloween time, and my my mom would just be like, "Oh, what are you doing? I'm going to Halloween section, right?" I'd come over. I'd have liquid latex and like fake blood, and I'd be like, "Can I buy this, ma?" You know, I'd I'd be doing like makeup on myself as like a twelve year old. You know what I mean? Like just messing around. Like this is before like. I even thought of doing haunted houses, you know? And then my mom would take me to like, uh, to fall river. There was before factory of terror was even a thing. There was a, uh, the police athletic league in fall river used to have a haunted house. It was two floors of, of like really not the greatest haunted houses, but they would show movies in their queue line. Like you would sit in these, these like chairs waiting to go into the haunted house and they'd have movies like monster squad playing and, and, mm. uh, They'd have uh, Young Frankenstein playing and stuff like that. So, like that type of stuff, you'd be watching all the time, and because I'd I'd equate it to haunted houses and and mm -hmm. and obviously Halloween and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean the eighties, it was constant. All I did was watch horror movies like all the time. I I talked my mom into recording them. It was it was either Headbangers Ball late at night or horror movies. You know, like that's all I did <laughs> was, was heavy no, metal and, and horror. 
Not I mean, does, don't those two things just go together? So they legit well. go together. That's why, like, Rock and Shock was such a staple in this area because, like, yeah, yeah it was. You literally married two of my favorite things in the world: yeah. heavy metal music and and horror horror movies. You know, it's, hell yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I don't know. I know I went on a rant right there, but no, no, I love it. Great, good yeah, stuff, dude. man. Yeah, it's, it's so I, natural, like for sure. Yeah. I mean, for you know, I think for me it was a kind of a similar thing because I was denied it, you know. So I was fascinated by it, and yep. for me it was absolutely this forbidden fruit thing. Like, oh yeah, I of just was, my my mom and dad would never rent anything, um, and so but I had this aunt, and I know that like so you know Tim and I are brothers. Tim's twelve years younger than me, so he had a very different experience with this aunt. I I think it might be even funny to even picture this being the truth, but it's yeah. like she was the one. Aunt Sandy was the one who would like we would go and rent movies, and she would rent like the Z grade trashy horror movies. <laughs> yep. For me, if I asked her to, like mom yeah. and dad never would, but like I remember seeing like like. uh my my mom my step uh was it my mom's a werewolf i saw my mom's yep. a werewolf you know the posters like the lady shaving her leg yeah you know yep. that one yeah and uh there's another one that was like i think it's called something like a similar title it's i, I don't know if it's like my my boyfriend's a a, a demon or something it had the guy who was uh he was melanie's boyfriend on family ties the guy was nick <laughs> yeah and uh and he plays this kid who gets like possessed by a demon. He can like transform and they have to uh, like save him by the end of it. Otherwise his soul will yeah. be forever lost or something. Awesome. And we, we would just rent like, like absolute crap, but she had a line though that she wouldn't cross. She, she, cause I, the one I really wanted was the howling. I, that was oh. my like, dude, that, that was my like, <clears throat> Holy grail for the longest yeah, time. Yeah. I would see that cover just with the tears and I was like, I want to see this so bad. And the best part nobody would covers. rent. Nobody yeah, would rent that it. That cover me. was I, awesome. So the covers, it's, the covers of VHSs back in the day, like they they told a story without even oh, seeing yeah. movies. You know, like I, know. I remember oh, yeah. a company of a company of wolves. The cover. For oh my god! Literally, the one that's in my head is the company of wolves. Oh my! I was god. fascinated like, by that cover. Forever. It, it was the scariest shit without even seeing the movie. Like yes, yes. You, 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 I cannot believe that. you just said that. You see that wolf mouth coming out of the mouth mouth, and you're like, what the. F fuck is that yes i would <laughs> yeah. sneak off to the horror section and yeah. and there would be certain ones that i would look at every single time yeah and that was one of them in the company yeah. of wolves and yeah. i would see i would look at that i would look at the howling i would look at like uh uh night of the demons and yeah. uh like uh nightbreed anything that had like monsters on the cover yeah, yeah. something that was like okay i am <laughs> so fascinated but, you know, and then later in life, it's like, yeah, well, I'm just, you know, this monster kid to the day I die now. And, yeah. you know, it's just it is what it is. Um, and all that makeup, um, you know, it's just it's just so fascinating, so fun to look at, so fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, this was all like forbidden fruit, like lining the shelves. And I just couldn't see any of it for the longest time. Uh, and I, you know, I th I'm pretty sure you and I are 
about the same age. So, you know, yep. we both grew up with the same movies and yep. stuff, but um, I wasn't able to see them until like at least the mid 80s or late 80s or something like that. Yeah, um, it was like the mid 80s. I, I will tell I you to go to the theater and stuff, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, my I didn't have anyone that would ever want to go. My cousin with me, would ever take me to anything. No. See, yeah. there you go. I had a cousin that was <laughs> he was he was seventeen and and like he could even get the tickets and stuff. So like uh-huh. it was it was awesome. Like I I got to nice. see I, I was I was happy. I got to see like Child's Play in the theater, the original. I got to see uh, the first Friday Thirteenth. I got to see was Pot Six in the theater. So I was like stoked, you know. Right. He was your wow, connection. You know. You know? So that's a really good, that's a good question to ask. Like, what's your first horror movie that you saw in the theater? I'm honestly yeah. not freaking sure. Yeah, I think part six was my my first horror in the theater. And I think almost immediately after that is when I saw um, for, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street part three, Dream, Dream uh, Warriors, Dream Warriors, which is my favorite, you know? Well, it's because Don Dawkins, obviously. Well, right. you know, you know, he's kind of Dawkins, but <laughs> I do love Dawkins, uh, though. <laughs> it's metal and horror, well, of course. Um, yeah, man, I really, I really think that the first horror movie I probably saw was Alien Three, and wow. that's if you want to even count it. Yeah, I yeah, think that horror. was probably. Horror. I would. I, I think that's probably it. Because and my dad took me to that, and uh, I yeah probably so that's early nineties right that's like probably ninety one ninety two ninety one maybe yeah 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 Yeah, I don't even know what mine would be I mean Uh, it was probably honestly a rerun of something it was probably like a re release of Alien or Evil Dead or Army of Darkness or something like yeah it it, well I I don't even know what would be contemporary. It must have been. It must have been Alien One when, uh, because we went to see that. We just, we just actually had an episode on Alien, the whole Alien uh, franchise last our yeah. last episode, and uh, and yeah, the, we we were talking about this. They they had re released Alien One, but it was the first time that the director's cut was being seen, like the official yeah, director's yeah. cut that Ridley came back and did. I think it was two thousand one yeah. or something. 2001 i think is what it was but i had taken him to see that and you, you were just kidding i bet i bet our first movies were both alien movies for yeah That's yeah could, could very well be um but yeah i will tell you the first horror movie that i saw that i was like oh my god i'm they're actually letting me see this i felt like my body was like humming the entire time it's like it wasn't <laughs> even real i'm yeah. like oh my god this is happening like i'm actually getting to see like they're letting me watch it. It was on TV, obviously, but it was it was yeah. Fright Night. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah, I think we, I think, I think we rented it. Actually, that's right. Yeah. I think we rented it, and uh, I was that was a that was another one of the covers that I was obsessed with. It was the Fright Night, and that Fright yeah. Night poster is still yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty epic picture. And I mean, it's 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 insane because it's as it gives away the final scare. It's a spoiler. Yeah, it's, it's a yeah. total spoiler. But, but for some reason, you get to it at the end, and you're like, "Oh my god, I wasn't expecting to see this." Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. though it was front and center on the poster, I was not 
at at in any way expecting that this would literally be in the movie. And yeah. when she turns yeah, around, and yeah. you, know, you, you think it's just a picture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Because sometimes that is how those, those movie yeah, covers yeah, were. Exactly. A lot of the times. Because you know, they're relevant to whatever is going on. A lot of the times the covers are made before the movies even started, you know? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so they just go like to yes. Yeah. Or in the case of The Thing, you know, they gave Struzan uh, one night to do it. Yeah. And they told him almost nothing about the movie. They yeah. they're like, oh, it's an alien. It could be anything. It's a remake of this, you know, thing from another world. And you know, it's it's, it, you know, whatever. They gave him almost nothing. He came up with this face with the light coming out of it. Like that's not yeah. in the movie. No, but it's no. pretty. Cool. It has nothing to do with the movie. It and yet, cool. it's one of the more iconic, yeah, horror movie posters. I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was crazy. Like I, I had my grandmother that I watched movies with, and then. My parents weren't into horror at all, really. Like they, they, if they would casually watch it, like I said, that that one time that they were watching that Friday Thirteenth, I don't even think they really knew what it was. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. they'd watch stuff, and you know, but then one time, out of the blue, like one late night, my dad was awake, and I don't know why, and I'm like. I'm, I'm waiting for this movie to come on. He goes, oh, what are you going to watch? I'm like, oh, it's a horror movie. You're not going to want to watch it. He goes, oh, I'll watch it. What is it? I'm like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. <laughs> so, so my dad <laughs> sat down and we watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And that was, I think, the only horror movie I've ever watched with my dad in my entire life. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? You know? Uh, it's, it's crazy, you know? Because he's not a horror guy, I, really. You know? Right. You know, you know, we watch movies Chainsaw all the time 2. together, but not that. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, Texas so Chainsaw we'll 2. Have, uh, we'll always have Texas Chainsaw <laughs> 2, Dad. <laughs> You'll always have Bill Mosley. Yep, um, yep. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember distinctly, this is back in the years when I wasn't allowed to see any horror movies. Um, I There's a kid across the street. And I remember he came over and one day was telling me about this crazy movie. And it ended up he was talking about Texas Chainsaw 2. Oh, nice, nice. And uh, he was younger than me by like three years or so, two or three yeah. years. And he was able to see it. I was so jealous. It was ridiculous. And he, I remember distinctly, I mean, I was probably like six or seven or so years old. I was young. And yeah. I still, I still to this day remember him saying the line, lick my plate, you dog dick. <laughs> I remember him saying that and like years later, years and years later, you know, I, I finally saw Texas Chainsaw one yeah. and I'm like, wow. Like, cause I thought, I thought it was Leatherface that said this line, the way oh, that I remembered him telling the story. Yeah. And then years later I see Leatherface. And I'm like, Leatherface doesn't talk. Yeah, right. Who's, who says, who says lick my plate dog dick. And like, that ne- that line never has left my brain ever yeah. from that one time when I was like seven years old and this kid across the street told me and I couldn't see this movie in a million years so I was like so jealous. <laughs> uh, but that that's that's Bill Mosley, of course. So um, yeah, I saw him backwards. Yeah. I saw two and then one. So like when I after seeing two, I was like, wait a minute, where's all these other characters? Like where where the <laughs> where Chop Top go? Where is he? You know, like where? I was trying to you know, I'm like what? <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> If I, if I, as the franchise went on, I was going to wonder a lot where these other people were, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It just gets sillier and sillier and there's no continuity at all. No. But uh, that first, that first one's so damn good though. It really oh, it's is. It's, it's, 
it's it's absolutely worthy of all the praise that it gets and it absolutely. is a cornerstone movie it, i mean that does, and black christmas being the, the go ahead no, go ahead i was gonna say that and black christmas being like the the first two slashers uh generally accepted are just they're they're both so amazing and uh and you know it's it's so crazy how that took off in the 80s the genre yeah, I, I never would have guessed how little blood was actually in Texas Chainsaw before I saw it because, like, the mm. hype was so insane, like, about it being banned and this and that. And my, even yeah. my cousin had a video cassette of it. That was my first way I watched that movie. And, and I was just like, wow, that was really cool. But it wasn't as bad as everyone said. You know what I mean? Yeah, with mm -hmm. a name like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you're expecting it to be a bloodbath, like, everywhere. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's really not. It's all mostly implied. The worst thing that they show is the hook, you know? Mm, right. Yep. Putting them mm -hmm. up on the yep. hook. Yep. Just the hook. The yep. hook is the worst part of the yeah, whole I think, movie. I think, I think, yeah, as far as the, yeah, the, the like actually on screen gore or something. Yeah. But yeah, like, I mean, like to me, the scariest scene in that movie is when she's running away at the end and, and he, it, he busts out of the house running like 50 miles an hour and yeah, he's waving the yeah. chainsaw above his head. And I mean, that is just to me so freaking scary. It's like that guy is, he's like a rampaging rhinoceros and like you are dead. Like oh, he's yeah. going to catch you and you are dead. And he is just so scary, such a full energy threat. Like, oh my God. And earlier we get to see lots of quiet moments with him too when he's like, doing, oh yeah, uh, like the hook scene. And he's like, you know, yep. kind of putting stuff where it goes and doing his, doing his work and, uh, it's like he's very quiet, very low energy, and then at the end when he explodes like that, it's like, oh my god! Just yeah. I think the time. scariest scene is is when he when he slides the door open and then grabs the guy and okay. smashes him in the head with a hammer. I think that's the scariest scene because you're not expecting it. You're you're expecting no. something. You're expecting a pop out of some sort, but you didn't expect him to literally slide that door open and just stop beating him in the head. You know? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I just feel like it was like it was it wasn't expected like the first time I saw the movie how much you are learning about like the family situation yeah. with, with Leatherface you know it's not just like it's not like Halloween where it's like he's just by himself it's like right. you know, he's got like a unit he's got like a family there right. and that was like kind of unexpected when I first saw it yeah 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 and it's and it's actually a a pretty I don't want to say well-oiled machine, but like they obviously had been doing it for a while. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. They got it yeah. done to a science. They yeah. figured it out. It's insane. I did, I did love those uh, Arlie Ermey ones though. I, I really liked those. Those um, were good. They the, were good. Uh, the first one was really good. Like I was the, the remakes that really impressed me was that one. And I really liked the Friday 13th remake. I thought it was really good. You know? Okay. Uh, the one with the, uh... Oh, Derek Mears. Jared Paladecki or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. And and, and Derek Mears and Derek is Mears, Michael yeah. Myers, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. that that is a movie I, I need to see again. I saw it when it first came out and I was a supernatural fan. My wife and I were both big supernatural fans, and we were like really like super excited for that and for the My Bloody Valentine remake because the other supernatural guy was right. in that Jensen Ackles. Yep, yep. And uh and we loved we loved bloody Valentine and didn't yeah. like Friday the 13th. And I was expecting it to be reverse. I was expecting really? that I was going to no. love Friday the 13th. And, yeah. uh, I, 
I don't know. I, I, I know, I know that nowadays it's kind of, we're at that stage where certain movies get to that Renaissance stage where you're able to like get enough scope and people start to turn around on it. Just like they yep. did with Halloween three. I mean, same thing. Yeah. I mean, I think right, there's right. so many seasons, of the witch fans that are just like sick of being butthurt their whole lives. And they're like, no, everything else sucks. It's the best movie of all time. It's like, okay, calm down, <laughs> calm the hell down. I yeah. know you like Tom Atkins. It's a cool movie, but just calm the hell down. Tom Atkins. Um, is a, yeah. He does. He, he did sleep with your mom. I mean, that's all. He sleeps with everyone's moms. mom. Yeah, everyone's mom. That's all. I I'm mean. pregnant right now. Just cause we're talking about him. I mean, it's, it's cause of his mustache. I mean, you can't help it. It's an instant, instant pregnancy. Um, Tom Atkins, uh, dude's still kicking. Love it. Um, and he was in my bloody Valentine 3d. He was in the remake of that movie. He was, it was so yeah. cool seeing him in that actually. Um, no, I, I, I want to see it again because I think people sort of have started to respect that, that remake, uh, in the last few years. Yeah. And I want to see it again. I, I really, the, for me, the, the scene that I remember very vividly from the Friday, the 13th remake is when there's the douchebag guy who you're supposed to hate is like yep. having sex with this, uh, blonde and he goes, and he looks at her boobs and he's feeling her boobs. And do you remember the line? Yep. <laughs> he's like, Whoa, perfect. excellent. Nipple. Yeah, excellent nipple placement. And she's like, oh my God. <laughs> and he's <laughs> so funny. So funny. Like, like you're uh, already kind of uncomfortable sitting there watching that with like just randos, and then all of a sudden he says that and you're like, What? Right blows the whole room <laughs> wide open. You're like, All oh, right, well, like, if it really wasn't awkward before, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember that so distinctly. And uh, I, I think I was just a little upset that it didn't have more to do with Crystal Lake. Like I was kind of, yeah. I mean, the campground. Because yeah. I think that it was like alluded to. They were near the campground, but I don't think it really yeah. factored in right. And uh, I was kind of I was kind of bummed at that. But I love Derek Mears. I think he is an amazing, uh, you know, just imposing suit actor. I think he's really great. I really liked him in Swamp Thing. And He's one uh, of the I'm always ever. He is. He is just such a nice guy. I mean, it was. Oh. There's this at the last. Uh, at the last Rock and Shock, uh, um, that there was. Unfortunately, um, that was the one that that my family actually. <clears throat> my family actually came to, and my my young daughter uh, was there, and uh, and there was this moment where I had met Derek that weekend. And then this was like the Sunday or something or the Saturday yeah. later in the day on Saturday or something. And I talked to Derek for the first time just briefly on Friday, just said hi and whatever. And uh, and he walked by and he's this just giant. He's this giant man. And my daughter, Maddie, was like little and he, she sees him walking by. And I was like, I was just like, hey, Derek. And, he, and I was at our booth. I was at the Rough House publishing booth. And yeah. he stopped and he, uh, he didn't know he didn't stop. He just turned big smile waved. And he's like, Hey, what's up? And for like years, my daughter is like, Oh, who's that guy? Who's that guy you're friends with that big, big bald guy that you're friends with. And I'm like, <laughs> 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 she's like, is that, he's like, he's like in monster movies, right? He's like that big, big bald guy. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, oh man, so funny. Like, he's just nice. He's not my friend, but uh, he's he in was, so he much stuff in too. It's crazy. Yeah, I love seeing him show up in like you know as like a monster of the week in some show or whatever. Right. Um, it's always great. He's 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 a great he's a great dude. I I like him a lot. But yeah, no, I I I want to give that that movie a, another shot. Have you ever seen that one, Tim? 
the remake of Friday? Not, no. No. The opening scene, it, like just before the credits even roll, it, it, it it's just brutal, right? Right from the start, you know? It's like a bunch of kids in the woods, right? They're just in the woods. Yeah, the, the, the beginning, the opening thing is they're they're like camping kind of near the lake and, and they're a couple of them like wander off because it's like a weed field. It's almost like like Jason's protecting a weed field, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh and just there's just an awesome like homage to the sleeping bag scene in a way, you know? Cause like at one point, like he hangs a girl above the the campfire in a sleeping bag, burning her alive. It's freaking incredible, you know? Damn. <laughs> that's that's like the opening. It's like, oh, it, it it's a great opening, you know. <laughs> right, just cold open, like here you go. Yeah, yeah, you, lo- you gotta love it when when it starts like that. The uh, and I mean, he was a great looking Jason. I mean, he really he was awesome looking. Yeah, and I liked I liked the fast moving Jason that he was because he was a fast moving Jason. He wasn't like oh a, right. I remember people were he like wasn't up and down on that a walker. Time. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. which it's cool. Like my favorite Jason of all time is Kane Hodder. He's he's just. Like, you say what you want about the Kane Hodder four movies. He mm-hmm. was the best looking Jason in part seven, bar <laughs> none, bar none, you know? And he, he came up with the breathing, which, yep. which is such a, an iconic thing that they kept. Yeah. Just standing you know? in place and he's like full body heaving, basically. Oh, His shoulders are awesome. like raising and falling by six inches. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he looks so freaking awesome and menacing in part seven. It was just the, the, it was. I wish that movie didn't get chopped up like it did because it was would have been way gorier and a lot more cool stuff, you know. Hmm. Yeah. See, they should have known when to stop. Yeah. No. Absolutely. All that, uh, all that meddling and quote unquote fixing. Well, that was the whole MPAA bullshit, and you know what I mean. They were really hammering movies hard then, you know. Hmm. So. Yeah, I remember uh, Friday Five is the one that's like heavily edited, right? I think five is the one that's like, yeah, five is super edited. And there's yeah, like, I think seven's the most edited though. Oh, okay. If you actually look at seven, uh, there's very little blood. Well, oh, wow. so I, I, I remember reading that five. So the scenes where, so the guy, the kid turns into the motorcycle, the motorcycle yeah. st- starts to go into his hands and stuff. That was supposed to yeah, be, Oh, you're talking about, and he was talking he, about, Nightmare Five. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant, yeah, Nightmare Nightmare Five. I'm sorry, I said yeah. the wrong thing. I meant, I did mean Nightmare Five. So, okay. yeah, where, um, yeah, the the kid turns into the motorcycle. Basically, um, that was going to be like twice as long and way gorier and way worse. Oh, really? And that was that actor was from the previous movie that because he was like Alice's boyfriend, I believe. Yeah. And so yep. that was like that was you know an awesome death, but it was too brief. All yeah, the kills yeah. in five are incredibly brief. And the other one is the one where the girl gets uh, force fed to death. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was originally supposed to be so much worse where I guess they because they, you know, Freddie starts the whole deal is the girl because, you know, it's, it's always he's turning their vices against each other, against the, yep. the people or, or whatever. But but with that character, that girl, she was the prettiest, skinniest you know tallest model girl or whatever she was you know of all the friends but really you found out that she didn't want any of it she didn't care about any of it it was her mom right. 
that forced her yep. to do all this stuff. So it made everything all that more tragic. Um, yep. I really felt for that character. Um, that lady, I can't remember her name. She was at Monster Expo last year. She's just yeah. a sweetheart. My my God. Yeah, yeah, no, she I, was super nice. Uh, but but you know, so Freddie starts to feed her all this food and her they they have these prosthetic cheeks at first and she has these like massive cheeks and then her stomach and and eventually she just explodes and she was originally her stomach was gonna grow to the point where it exploded and then he was gonna start feeding herself to herself oh and man. he was gonna keep man. feeding her like the <clears throat> contents of her stomach to herself yeah, yeah. and it was gonna keep going and and i'm like my god they i mean it that was the one I always felt was like a little too mean, just because, yeah. like I said, I sort of felt bad for that yeah, character. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because it wasn't still, really her like, trying to, it, have yeah, she wasn't disorder. a shitty person. Yeah. And, and there was like, yeah. there's so that is the archetype to be the bitchy mean girl. Like, she's yeah. the evil, you know, Cordelia type from Buffy or something, but she was like, right. not like that. I don't know. Anyway, um, but yeah, I guess that so Nightmare, excuse me, Nightmare Five was uh, heavily edited. Yeah, um, because of the same stuff, same reasons. Oh yeah, MPAA sucks, man. That's why I'm glad. Like we're getting so many of these movies that they're just doing unrated. They're just either the theaters are yeah. allowing it, or or they're just going to streaming and and or 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 physical media and they're unrated. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's such a stupid concept, right? To be able to say, okay, you know, we're going to go through, we're going to take this movie that, you know, you're making this horror movie, you have this vision for it, you got all these effects, all these deaths, whatever. Yep. And we're going to go through and we're going to scrape a lot of that stuff out to try and make it palatable for people who don't want to see this stuff. Right. Right. Like, well, those people aren't going to be in the fucking audience anyway. Right. Like, right. you're not going right. to make this have more appeal by taking that stuff out. You're just creating a movie no one really wants to see because yeah. the people who are here for the for that stuff aren't going to get it, and the people who don't want that stuff aren't in the audience to begin with. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you know, good riddance. Let's just get like the kind of un <clears throat> unfucked with kind of raw, unrated stuff. Like, just give it yeah. to us as they envisioned it. You know. And yeah, even the ones absolutely. that are unrated, like some of the stuff, I'm like, this isn't even that bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, mm -hmm. you know, I, yeah. I, the I hype machine like... is more is is worse than the like you said with even the original Texas Chainsaw. It's fine, yeah. But sometimes the yeah. hype machine is is worse than the actual thing. You know, like um, I, yeah. I when I finally got to watch like Cannibal Holocaust, for instance, it was like, all right, mm -hmm. this isn't that bad. You know what I mean? Like the. The worst part of it is the the actual animal killings that you know what I mean, like right. That's right. the worst part of that movie, you know. <clears throat> yeah, I mean that's a movie yeah, I've never seen, but like its reputation obviously precedes it. Yeah. It's it's its yeah. whole thing is its reputation. But yeah, yeah all, you know, all I knew about was like the actual animal killings and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've never I've never seen it. But yeah, that's kind of funny to know that. <laughs> Yeah, it's there is a there is a bad. cut of that movie you can watch without the animal killings. But is there really? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's like you know now, not then though. But um, yeah, right. Yeah, but so all right. I mean, like this has been an awesome conversation, Bob. So uh, you know, we we can leave it there to to end the the movie stuff. I think you've already kind of given us your answers, but obviously, eighties is your favorite decade. So I think that's absolutely covered, right. Yeah, absolutely. So give us your top three eighties horror monsters or villains, as as it were. And and I I open that up to Tim, and I'll answer it myself. Uh, you want so me to go first? Time. Yes, please. Okay. Um, so my number one would be Jason Voorhees. Okay. 
Um, I like the way you specify. You're like Ingve J. Malmstein. <laughs> Gotta have it be specific. You might yeah. be missing. You might very be mistaken. specific. It's not Jason Arugula. I don't know. I got no, no. All right, no. so Jason it's, Voorhees, number Jason one. Voorhees. Uh, I'd probably say Freddy Krueger, and then Michael Myers, top three. If nice. I had to throw a fourth in there, it'd be Leatherface, and then probably okay. five would be pinhead yeah yeah i mean i mean yeah. fuck yeah so you love Chucky all, six. The, all the slashers <laughs> i'm a slasher guy i'm a slasher guy you give me give me 80 slashers all day long don't get me wrong i love all kinds of stuff like i love the exorcist i love i even like a lot of new stuff you know the strangers is mm -hmm. one of my favorite of the later era like i love that movie it's amazing you know i love the strangers uh, yeah yeah, The Strangers is awesome. I know a lot of people shit on it for some reason. I don't know why, you know. It was just a it was a nice throwback. I mean, it really yeah. felt like it was of a different era for sure. Yeah. I'm I don't love the second one, but I really love the first one, you know. Mm. So, but nice. yeah, that would be my top uh monsters, you know. If I'm nice. if I'm going uh, if go I'm going villains. universal, if I'm going universal, my top is uh Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> Yeah, all right, go ahead. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, Let's I'll keep going. Uh, so Creature, uh, Frankenstein, Dracula. I mean, there you go. There you go, man. I mean, that's uh, that's going to be my top three, too. I, I would say it's probably in a different order. Yeah. I, okay. I mean, I, I, I think I got to go Frankenstein first, then Creature, then Dracula. Um, all right. Just, Frank, I can, Frankenstein I movies. Frankenstein just are my favorite of the movies. Uh, yeah. The first three. Um, although I love, I love creature and I love, I love anything Lugosi. So I love Dracula, but so, yeah. so Tim, yo, let's go, let's go favorite decade and then top three horror villains from that decade. Uh, I mean, all right. So I, I feel like, I feel like when I go, you know, to watch horror, you know, everything is like looking backwards. Like I didn't really grow up with it. So for me, you know, the, the era that's the most interesting is, is still the eighties. I mean, I like, okay. I like all like the, you know, the big ones that you mentioned, Bob too, yeah. but I find like, it was also an era that was so like, uh, rich with just people trying and doing their own thing and, and coming up with like cool practical effects. Like we aren't in the era of, you know, of, of leaning on to CG or anything. So that kind of stuff is the most interesting to me. I love, I love being able to see like the effects practically done and, you know, all the different kind of, you know, kind of approaches people took to it. So like first ones that came to mind for me were Hellraiser, um, you know, specifically Pinhead, but like all the Cenobites um, are, are really cool, but Pinhead. Um, and I mean, kind of depends on your definition of horror a little bit uh for for you know for some of these but i i would say that uh pumpkin head is actually one that always stuck with me mm -hmm. uh, i think that character is like really cool and it's great that you get uh you know a, a movie where the character turns into the monster and the monster is like yep. the protagonist so like that's oh, yeah. that was awesome that really changed it completely and then i mean i i'd have to say like you know counting it as one thing is almost hard but like the thing right like the thing like that the way that that was executed was kind of unreal like if we're just going for like single instances of monsters 
Um, I'd say the thing is probably like the scariest shit ever on film. Like it's just it's just mm-hmm. wild. It's really really <laughs> crazy. Um, but like other other monsters that are that would also be worth mentioning. That's not really so much horror, but like the Predator. Like oh, yeah. it was, it, it definitely was on that line where it's like, yeah, you know, you're in this movie, it's an action movie, but then it kind of, you know, turns a page. And when, you know, you're just looking at, you're looking at this film, it's like, oh yeah, the predator is like a horror monster. Oh, like absolutely. he's just out here absolutely. killing these guys and stalking absolutely. them and whatever. So mm-hmm. that to me also was one that always stuck with me. Uh, I remember watching predator, uh, my, my friend in high school who got me, like started watching most of the horror stuff that I ended up watching. Uh, his dad was like a big like media buff, and he had a laser disc player, and he had Predator on laser disc. And I remember watching that and being like, "This, this is so good. This is so good. <laughs> what a fucking movie!" Um, yeah, and yeah, that that creature is just you know unreal. But yeah, there's there's so many other good honorable mentions and stuff too. Yeah. But yeah, I'd say I'd say those three feel pretty That's good. Nice. <clears throat> yeah, so I I would uh, I would say the Predator and uh, Pumpkinhead as well. They're they're definitely on my top three, um, and I would say rounding out my top three. Actually, I definitely have to go with Jerry Dandridge from Fright Night. I think he's uh, I think he's maybe my favorite vampire ever uh, because he's just there's so goddamn much character to him. Like I you know I love Dracula. I'm a Dracula connoisseur i i'm a massive consumer of all dracula media i have consumed so many versions of dracula it's just disgusting um but there's very even even to the original novel there's very little characterization to dracula he's basically all his characterization is in that opening scene where he's having you know dinner and he he gets all his lines of you know oh the children of the night such what's music they make and i don't drink wine and all that stuff that's all in one scene the rest of the movie he's basically a tornado he's just a force of nature he doesn't have any lines he doesn't he's just lurching lurking in the shadows being a, a antagonistic force basically so as much as i love dracula in general like to call him my favorite vampire is like crazy there's so many better Mm. ones that have come along over the years but i don't know jerry dandridge man like he has the craziest set of different things that like you're just not expecting talk about subverting your expectations he's like got a such a silly name he he's just so pleasant and uh and charming and all all through that movie, I just am fascinated. He's the best part of that movie by far. And it's funny because I I love Fright Night a, a huge amount. And it, it is a, it does have a special place in my heart as being the first horror movie I believe I saw. But um it's funny, like the all the main character kids in that movie kind of suck. Like they just are shitty characters. They're all kind of annoying bastards. It's like all of them. They're yeah. all just bicker and 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 they're just annoying <clears throat> fucks. And it's like over the course of the movie, you get to like him and it's fine. But like, really, I'm like, no, no, Jerry is the man. <laughs> like the villain yeah. absolutely makes it. Um, so I don't know. And, and the whole like he, he eats apples, um, which was like Chris <laughs> Randon's thing. Like he's like, oh, you know, some some bats eat uh, fruit. Uh, can we have him eat apples? And they're like, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, so I just freaking love that. So I don't know. Jerry Dandridge is the man. Uh, some honorable mentions. I definitely always go to one of my favorite '80s monster designs. Uh, 
and I do love the every second that this creature is on screen. Not that it's a great movie, but um, the unnameable from the unnameable. Uh, what a great yeah. creature design. I just love this freaking thing so much. Also one of the only female monsters. Um, and to round it out with another female monster, uh, dare I say the queen of them all, the alien queen from Aliens is easily one of the greatest on-screen monsters. Still to this day holds the record for being the, the largest puppet ever on film. And um, it's just... Oh my God, the alien queen as oh, Jesus Christ. I love that thing so much. It's the, just the greatest, greatest monster. It makes me yeah. believe that perhaps, uh, perhaps the Balrog from Lord of the Rings could have, could have somehow worked as a puppet had Stan Winston done him. Um, but oh my God, just absolutely awesome stuff. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a, there's a lot of great horror in the eighties. I mean, rightfully it's rightfully loved um, yep. for that reason. I mean, for sure. The nineties, the nineties took a very different tact, you know, it all became, you know, I don't know, teenager centric more. I mean, I guess it was kind of always teenager centric though. Like all the slashers always were, but I don't know. It, it seemed I like, I know what you did last summer and scream. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, they, also went, they went on a big ghost thing too. Like a lot of movies, there was a lot of ghost movies, you know, it was a lot, all kinds of spooky haunting things and this and that. Yeah, was, a lot of it, remakes. It, yeah, like the, like the haunting too. and yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah, a lot of the ghost stuff was remake stuff. Um, yeah, uh, like like the ring, even like even that stuff was all. Oh, well, that's the two thousands, you know. Yeah, that's when you they're know? like, okay, because so because ring was was that Korean was, originally? Yeah, or was it Japanese, Japanese, I think Japanese with Ringu. Ringu, that yeah, sort same of thing with like, the uh, the Grudge. Yes, oh, yes, Juwan. Juwan. Yeah. Juwan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah those are both great. Though, they right? started doing that, taking all the Japanese stuff, you know? Yeah, very different. And then, uh, of course, Wreck became a big hit and we got quarantined, but like, whatever. Um, and this is, I mean, I, I think there was a nice influx of, of global horror that kind of came. One of my favorites from that time period is one of my favorite, uh, well, actually, my favorite haunted house movie of all time is from that era and it's um the orphanage um spanish language film i don't know if you've ever seen it uh no. del toro produced it but he yeah. didn't he didn't direct it but it's um the orphanage uh go see it i mean it's it's it is my number one favorite uh ghost movie haunted house type movie uh, i think it's just absolutely amazing nice um, yeah i'll have to check that out but anyway, all right, uh, Bob. So once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a really good time. I hope you had a good time. Absolutely. That was fun. Uh, Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Nice. Thanks, dude. No problem. And before we go, do you think you've figured out the answer to uh, which rubber mask on the floor is made of real human skin by chance? Um, I, is, is it my face? <laughs> Interesting answer. Is it mine? Um, <laughs> <laughs> cue, cue the sound the floor. of it being ripped off now <laughs> yes it's your face you're dead okay um no the actual answer is it was our last guest steven lomer from the parody news network uh thanks for playing though you know you did a good job um <laughs> that was my next once guess. again well, yeah well of course <laughs> steven lomer is on the tip of everyone's tongue 
Um, so before you get out of here, Bob, please tell everybody out there in listening land where they can find you on the socials, on the internets, where they can find all your fine wares before we get out of here. Uh, you can find myself on Facebook uh, or under Bob Mendel or on Instagram, xbob13x. Um, you can find my band on the socials as well, uh, on your deathbed, on Instagram, um, on your deathbed, on Facebook. And then you can find us on all the streaming sites. But if you want a quick link to get to those, just go to onyourdeathbed.com or you can uh, just search them in your uh, different streaming services. Uh, and Fear Town, you can go to fear-town.com. And you can check us out or Factory of Terror. I believe it's factoryofterror.com. Um, and you can check them out in Fall River because we also are Fear Town and Factory of Terror. So, and that's pretty much it. And check out my awesome, wife's man. check out my wife's social stuff too for uh, truly outrageous jewels. So, yeah, she makes Sweet. some great stuff. It's always fun seeing what she's got at the. At the different cons, we always see you guys at because we always do the same cons, and it's yes, we do cool seeing you guys. Always a lot of fun. Actually, we'll be doing Monster Expo in just a couple of weeks together. I'm sure yeah. I'll be seeing you there. You sure uh, will. Be good, but we wish you all the best in this spooky season for Fear Town, and I uh, hope you guys have an awesome season. Hope your hard work pays off, and uh, everybody out there should definitely go check out Fear Town. Really, really worth your time. Awesome, awesome yep. haunted house attraction. 45 minutes of spooky, scary good times. Uh, definitely check them out. Thanks again, Bob, for coming by. We'll get out of here. We certainly hope you've enjoyed this week's bonus journey over the treacherous waters of all things that made growing up awesome. If you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter, as well as being part of the Inebriart Podcast Network. Retro Redoctopus is a full-fledged member of the Dorkening Podcast Network, so if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like Epic Tales from the Sewers with Justin Cooper, Throw It on Thursday with Patsy and Ashes, Comic Paradox, Bear at Night, The Dork Night, That Strange Show, The Horse horror show like oh man there's just so freaking many shows check them so out much. on the dorkening <laughs> on the dorkening.com and uh don't forget about our killer sponsor deadly grounds coffee it is after all coffee to die for i've been your host my name is parasite steve aka steve Van sampson and it is indeed a sad thing that your adventures have ended here see you later monster kids For more shows like the one you just heard, check out the Dorkening Podcast Network at thedorkening.com.